Welcome to the Women Encouraged podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany Berendrecht and Brittany Robertson. We are delighted to have the chance to connect you with other women who love the Lord, who love His Word, and who are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us for episode eight. Back in 2015, when we were about to start our first Women Encouraged conference, it was really with a view just towards creating an opportunity for fellowship centered around the Word of God. And I knew that the person I could call on to help me with that would be Pam Forster. I happened to have a family connection to her because my sister is married to her son, but I've grown up knowing Pam pretty much my whole life. And as I entered busy times in motherhood, she became a source of encouragement to me that I never expected. I knew about her book for instruction in righteousness, and I had fully planned on using that in my parenting. But what I didn't expect was for her to completely change my view of Bible study as a young mom with toddlers. There are thousands of women benefiting from the fruits of Pam's life and her investment in loving her children and living out a love of the Word of God in front of them. Recently, Pam's Bible studies for busy mamas have led to the creation of the new Mama's Refill site, and we're really excited that Doorpost is offering our listeners a coupon which will give anyone $10 off an annual membership until May 31st, 2018. The coupon is encouraged. We're really grateful to get the chance to share Pam with you today, and we're really hopeful that you will be blessed by her life and ministry as well. It is a joy and a privilege to welcome my dear friend, Pam Forster, who has been such a part of my life since I was a little girl, and I've gotten to grow up learning from her and just so excited to bring her to connect with the Women Encouraged community. Pam was one of our very first speakers at Women Encouraged the first time we did it, and I'm just so overjoyed that she is joining us on the podcast today. Welcome. Hi. Pam, can you tell the ladies about yourself for those who don't know you? Um, okay, well, I am an older friend, like Bethany said the first time, but she edited it out. And I'm, let's see, what can I tell you? I'm Bethany's sister's mother-in-law, which I consider a great privilege. Um, I have six children that are all grown up. The last one is getting married in a month, which is part of why my brain's not working very well right now. And I uh, have... 13 grandchildren, and all that keeps me pretty busy. Um, what else do you want to know, Bethany? You also write. Oh, yes, I guess I do, don't I? You do. <laughs> you write, and you yes. you help guide, and you yes. kind of mentor a lot of women in a, in a big way through the Busy Mamas Bible Studies and the, the community online. Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a passion for trying to help um, moms stay in the world because I know how difficult it was for me. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your early years with um, motherhood and re- recognizing your need to fill up with God's word? Well, before we were married, I, I spent a lot of time studying my Bible Um. And then uh, when we got married somewhere, I just kind of derailed, you know, we get distracted with 
just being in love and being all busy and doing all the homey things. And then we had children. And you know what, what happens then? You know, you're just buried under so many demands. And we had my first two boys didn't have like big major health issues, but they had allergy kind of things that basically left them crying all day. Um, and our second born, um, you know, he had some eating issues where he was basically starving. And um, there was a point where I woke up to the fact that that's exactly what I was doing spiritually because um, I'd been so busy and I just, for some reason, I don't know if I thought my husband would do, I'll take care of all the spiritual part, that's things for me or what, but I wasn't reading the Bible. And um, there was a point where I realized I needed to get back in the Word myself. And it was at a time where I really didn't want to. Um, I just felt overwhelmed. And I was really discouraged trying to keep up with um, my kids. But I started reading the Psalms, and the Psalms spoke to me exactly where I was at that time. And um, it started to uh, draw me back to the Lord, um, just to interact with Him, you know, and, and having a, a vibrant relationship again instead of just um, coasting. And that's where I started um, realizing if I stopped and started to study the Word, just even just what I was doing then, I think, was just looking for what does it say about God? What did God promise he would do in this psalm? Because I needed to hang on to those kind of promises right then. Um, and I saw just approaching the word that way um, was a way I could read and study the Bible, even in that season of my life when it was difficult to me. So being on this side of it, um, if you were going to sit down with a young mom today, how would you how would you encourage her to get started? But more than that, what what do you feel is the most important thing that young moms need to understand about um, studying the word? Well, I've likened it before to well, you know how a child is when you haven't fed them too long, mm. um, and they start kind of losing it because they've got low blood sugar. Yeah, and you, know, you really can't reason with them, and they're not functioning right, and they're not thinking right. I think when we're not feeding on God's word, we're kind of walking around in a spiritual low blood sugar state. Yeah, and it really affects how we see other people in our lives, and how we see ourselves, um, and how we see God. Um, if we're not constantly feeding on His word, so I think it's really important. We really have to fight for it, I think, as moms, uh, especially with little children that are interrupting all the time and that have so many needs. Not really interrupting, they're, they're you know, vocalizing their needs that they have that we're trying to meet. But uh, at the same time, while we're pouring all that out, we have to be taking something in. Right. You know, it's kind of like the car, you have to put gas in it. <laughs> yeah. To keep it going, or like a checkbook. Um, you know, we're, we're withdrawing all the time in our lives, giving and um, paying out from our energy and our um, emotions. But if we're not putting positives in there, um, things start to bounce. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it just doesn't work. So, you know, really uh, making the time in the Word a priority and doing whatever that takes to make that happen. Um 
it doesn't have to be what you know is typically called a quiet time. And I think giving that expectation up is huge in helping um, young moms get into the word. You know, if we get have this image in our head that we need an hour in the morning that's totally uninterrupted, we're wide awake. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, back, right? Right. Because no matter how early I get up and, and how quiet I am, <laughs> it's like they have radar. Like, oh, mom yes. is up reading her Bible at six. Yes. So I should also be up. <laughs> And that still happens to me with grandchildren. You know, we're living in, you know, sleeping in the house where uh, five of my grandchildren are right now while we build. Mm-hmm. And uh, they still know. Yeah. <laughs> um, not thinking that you're going to have a quiet time that's all to yourself. You know, the romantic cup of tea in your hand and um, just sitting there listening to God and, um, you know, being able to devote that much time. It's, I just, I don't know, maybe some moms can pull that off. And I did have a few days as a mom, you know, yeah. where, you know I got up and nobody else got up. Um, right. It's kind of one of those ideals that you just have to really hold with an open hand. It's like, I really like this, but if it doesn't yeah. happen, I need to right. be okay well, and I need to learn how to work with it. Yes. And I think um, if you expect that, it's really easy to say, well, I can't do that, so I'm not going to do anything. Right. And that is such a temptation, isn't it? It's like, well, I can't have my perfect Bible study experience. Right. So let's scrap the whole thing. <laughs> like, why do, well, how does that happen? <laughs> it happens in a lot of ways in life, our lives, I think, where I can't do it perfect I'm not going to do it at all. Yes. Um, well, I do that. I was talking, we've talked before, Brittany and I have talked before about how, like, I can't clean a cupboard perfectly. This is how I approach my life in a lot of ways. And I have to repent of this a lot. It's like, well, like, I don't have three hours to devote to cleaning that cupboard. So sorry, it's just not going to get clean because it won't be perfect because I can't do it all at once or something. Yes. And so with your Bible study, you're doing the equivalent, you know, take out two or three boxes, you know, or the sticky jars out of the cupboard, wipe that part of the shelf down and put them back in and you've made some headway. Exactly. Um, you know, with your Bible study, if, if, even if you get up and you read one verse and then you meditate on that verse all day, you know, you've gotten a lot more than you would have if you were waiting for the hour that you're never going to have. I don't, I don't think that it's wrong to hold these ideals, like I said, but it's, I think those are beautiful times that we get to have sometimes in private and quiet. And, um, but sometimes our kids crawl on the couch with us and we, um, we have to hand them something to do. So you've um, you've done some training for young moms and how to involve our kids or how to get it done while our kids are next to us. Do you do you mind sharing some of those strategies? Yeah, I'll see if I can remember them. Um, well, not having a not so quiet time, which is what I like to call it. Um, you need to remember that your kids are seeing you studying the Bible that way. And if you were having a perfect hour while they were all asleep or doing something else, they never see you reading the Bible on your own. They might see you open it at church or something, but they're missing watching you set that example for them. Um, and I know how important that was to me. I, my mom got up you know, from the breakfast table every... I had a bad breakfast. Um, 
I'm going to walk the computer over and let him out the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. No, that's My fine. That's great. Got up after uh, breakfast and cleaned up the kitchen, and then she sat down with her Bible and her, I think it was Dreams in the Desert or something, you know, a devotional book, and she would read every morning, and and she would pray. And I used to wonder why she fell asleep a lot of times while she was doing that. And then when I was a mom, I understood completely. Yeah. Um, but she set an example for me that said that was important and that it was worth fighting for that time. Yeah. And it was worth doing even when she was so tired that she'd fall asleep doing it. Um, so, you know, letting your children see you do it. And then, um, yeah, as far as some ways to, to pull it off, um, different things I've suggested, um, you know, maybe having a basket of toys that are just things the kids can play with while you're doing your Bible study. Mm. That works for at least a while. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep rotating things in maybe. Part of how I study my Bible is marking things in it um, with colored pencils. And a lot of times I do little drawings out from the margins. And that draws, you know, that used to draw my children's attention. You know, they'd want to sit next to me and watch. And they would ask, what, what are you coloring? Why are you, why are you underlining that? Um, or can I color the picture in after you've drawn it? Which took me a little while to let them do that. And then I thought, well, why am I worrying about this? You know, God's going to be much more pleased by my children being involved in this and then how my picture's colored. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it's kind of an undercover Bible lesson, you know, in a way, because you're not sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to have Bible right now. But you've drawn your children in, you know, they're interested and they're asking the questions and um, you have this opportunity to share and talk about the word you know, in a very natural, um, comfortable way. So um, that was one of the things we did. You kind of touched on this a couple minutes ago, but about... Um you know, when our kids, if they only saw us opening the Bible at church or um, if that was the only engagement they ever, you know, witnessed in our life, if that was our only engagement with scripture, I think um, it would make it very hard for them to take us seriously as, you know, as Christian moms, you know, telling them what to do. You know, you should do this with your life or you should, you know, you should repent of this sin. And if they're not seeing in us um, a love for God's word. If they're not witnessing in our lives um, that love and that that willingness to give up something, maybe our time or our comfort or our ideal space, um, mm -hmm. they're not going to be led to do that themselves, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, you're setting an example for them. Right. Um, saying it's important. Um, another thing we did is uh, have... Um, Bible story books, you know, for the children. And, you know, they could look at those while I was studying my Bible. Um, and then I would stop, you know, read with them, you know, part of the time. Um, so that was another way to, to work a Bible um, time for me. And um, one of the things that worked for me, I mean, I was an early riser, so a lot of times I actually could pull off getting up before my kids did. And mm -hmm. then, my husband worked at home for some of the time, and so he kind of insulted me some of that time, too. Um, the other thing we had was a, a quiet 
hour in the afternoon, like we'd, we'd have lunch, we'd go for a walk, we'd read some stories, and then everybody was in their beds or on their beds, you know, mm-hmm. for an hour, um, which was basically just a reset button for the whole day. But it also gave me that time, or if I hadn't managed to do my Bible study in the morning, I could use that time in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, you know, the trick is saying this is more important than all the household things that you're desperate to try to get done to where you can do, um, you know, busy doing something else. Yeah. Um, but that is another way to make the time. And so as, as our kids get older, I mean, I've kind of taken these tips from you and learned this stuff from, from things you've said over the years, but, um, now like my kids are getting older. I still have toddlers, but uh, my Mm -hmm. older boys are, more interested in actually doing the same thing that I do. So if I have, if I'm involved in a, in a Bible study where we're, you know, an inductive Bible study, for example, like I typically do, um, they want to do something alongside of me. So one fun Mm -hmm. thing, I don't know if, if I think, I think you've talked about this. I'm pretty sure I learned it from you. that um, just go on like Bible gateway or whatever and print off the passage I'm working with and then just have them sit next to me and think and say, you know, um, well, I'm, I'm working on marking every reference to God. And so this, you know, you find the way that works for you and um, just have them sit with their colored pencils next to me if they want to engage. But um, that's one, one tool that has worked to, um, to help them be interested in studying the Bible as well. And I, I think it's also important for me to remember that um, I, I think I've heard Jen Wilkin talk about this too. And I, I know we talk about her a lot, but she, she said in some, um, some podcast recently that her husband has had to kind of like rein her in be like, okay, your enthusiasm is great, but <laughs> You know, let them let them just talk about one concept at a time when we're talking as a family, like if we're having like Bible time as a family, like you don't have to pull out every attribute of God in this particular (laughs) conversation. And I have to remember that because I get so like so excited, like, let's look at all the things, all the things. Let's talk about all the things you're not like this over the top person, but you are enthusiastic about the word of God and you share that very well. But how do you balance like this understanding that your children, um, our children are, are immature. They have short attention spans. Like how do we, how can we, um, I mean, other than just being very practical about it and saying, okay, well, your kids have short attention spans. Like, is there, is there a way to approach this that I'm missing here? Uh I don't know. Although, you know, there's usually some visual cues you're getting from your kids when they're starting to glaze over. Um, but I think just trying to keep it to where they want more, um, you know, instead of where they're tuning out, you know, because then they'll be afraid to ask a question because they'll think, oh, because mom is going to unload on me. Yeah, exactly. So answering the question they've asked, and then if they want to ask more, you know, letting them initiate it. I think, um, it, it gives a different message to right. them. And there's plenty of other times, you know, where you're probably going to still unload on them, and, um, but maybe not in doing it in that context where they've expressed an interest and you want to encourage it. You know, and sometimes it, it doesn't encourage, you know, if we launch off too heavily after they've asked a, you know, a simple question. Right. I think keeping that in mind probably is the biggest thing for me. You know, I tend to be a, 
a person of few words most of the time. So. <laughs> but your your boys and girls are all grown now, and they all love the Lord. And it is such a beautiful thing to witness them raising their families for Christ. And um, just what God has done in your family has been such a testimony of God's faithfulness and um, faithfulness to you as you've pursued him through his word. And I'm, I'm so blessed by that. Um, so I, I would love to have you come back and talk to us about older kids. Cause this is, this episode is pretty well geared towards moms of young kids, but I know that mm-hmm. there are a lot of ladies who listen, who have older children. And so, um, yeah, hopefully you'll come back and chat with us, but yeah. before we let you go, will you talk about what you're doing right now with the busy mama's Bible studies and your new site? Sure. Um, well, the Busy Mama's Bible Studies, it kind of started by accident. One of my daughters wrote a blog post for me, and she took a picture of my Bible you know, and some of the markers in it, and um, that kind of got some interest. And we thought, well, let's do a month-long Bible study um, on the blog um, using some of those Bible study methods. And then... Um, I had so much fun writing it, and a few, you know, some people apparently appreciated doing it. They um, thought, well, we'll do this on a regular basis. So um, every four months for the past five years, we've been doing a month-long study where we just take a chapter of the Bible, and we spend a whole month on that one chapter. Yeah. Which some people go, how in the world are you going to spend a month on one chapter? But by the time we're done it, at the end of the month, we're going, how come we can't do more? Um, right. You know, there's so much in there when you start to study. It is really incredible how much, like, we think, oftentimes we'll come to the Bible and think, I'll read this chapter, and then we move on. But when you yeah. actually take that time to mine what God has for you in there, it's it's incredible. It really um, reminds us of how living and active the Word is, that, right. that we ha- have our entire lives to plumb the depths and, and we have eternity. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I love, exactly. I love this um, format because it really is a good, that reminder in that month that we have not exhausted this. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing I saw when I first started, you know, being back into studying my Bible again, is it really helped me to have some specific things I was trying to do when I came to the word each day, when I just came and thought, okay, I, I need to read my Bible. Uh, my mind would wander all over the place. And uh, when I started looking for specific things and studying words, it gave me a focus so that um, I was actually paying attention to what I was doing much uh, more easily. And it was exciting because I was discovering things. And so I was remembering a lot better because I was finding that out. And it's kind of like a treasure hunt. Um, And finding those things for myself um, in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and I think that's a, a really helpful tool for moms. Um, even if you just come in and you look for one word for a day, for you know a few minutes, and then maybe later in the day you can do some more study. Um, but uh, what I've tried to do is divide the lesson up into little steps of, okay, we're going to look for this word and mark it. Now, what did you learn? You know, we're marking about God's name. You know, what did we learn about God after we marked all those? Um, just uh, small steps studying. Yeah, um, it is I think it's very encouraging too that it's not like we're we're not coming to using these Bible studies with this expectation that it's going to um take us an hour every day. Um 
-hmm. it feels very doable. And it really, those studies got me through those, those really heavy toddler years, you know, where I had been doing the precept studies. I had been like doing the really involved ones and, and kind of battling my way through that. But then just felt like, okay, I am not making it to to the study every week. It's just, just been really hard. My husband's working a lot of evenings and, um, I felt like I was failing. And so the busy mama's mm-hmm. Bible studies really lifted me out of that. Um, I highly recommend them. They feel very doable. They, they are rich and deep and exciting. And so I'm so grateful for them. So can you explain about the mama's refill site that you just started? Sure. Um, well, we call it Mama's Refill because we think mothers need to be re- refilled over and over. Um, and what we've done is um, start a membership site where the Bible studies are posted on that site. And so there's like 20 different studies there. And you can work through, you know, choose whatever study you want and work through it at your own pace. Or you can ask to have a lesson a day emailed to you. Um, there's a lot of extra material there that you can click over to, to to read somebody else's article or a commentary or some music that relates to the study. Um, not all of those studies are, you know, completely, you know, with the emails all set up and everything yet because we're still in the process. But um, we're trying to give a tool where it makes it even easier for you to work at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, you can click off each lesson as you go. Um, and when you're all done, you get a little, you know, and it says, congratulations, you finished the whole study. And sometimes just having that, you know, little extra, oh, I did it. <laughs> I can check yeah. it off. One thing I can check off today um, can help. Um, and then there's a community of ladies that are doing the study, you know, and different ones are doing different studies. But, um, you know, it's a way to connect with other people. And then every month we're taking one of the studies and whoever wants to join in a group study um, can do that. Like we're doing a child training boot camp study this month. Um, whoever wants to join in. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ladies that are interacting on the same lessons that way. But that's an optional thing. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, we're so grateful for you and for your ministry. Um, the this conversation really only hits the surface of what Pam has done for, um, for moms, for parents. And, um, so definitely check out the show notes, follow Pam on Instagram. Um, you're at doorposts lady, right? Yes. Doorposts lady. Yeah. Mini studies are fun. I love them. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Pam's Instagram and, Uh, We will put a lot more info in the show notes for you to access. Thank you again, Pam, so much. Well, thank you for asking me. Well, I was so grateful that she joined us. It was so good to have her come and talk to us again. Um, what would, did you love the most about this? I just loved her heart behind, um, well, speaking to moms who are busy and in a challenging season of life of feeling like there's um, alone time to be reading our Bibles and wanting that perfect Bible study and 
um, our inclination to always want to toss it out if it can't be done perfectly, which is just a always kind of like a little trickery, I think, of our minds to think, well, if it can't be done perfectly, then it can't be done at all. And so I really loved that part of your interview with her that she stressed the importance of um, recognizing the lie in that. I thought like her analogy to the cupboard, because that is always my thing. It's like, well, I just don't have the time, so I better not try it at all. And she was like, well, go wipe the shelf off. Yeah. One thing at a time. Yeah. So it's not like, well, you're completely let off the hook because you're busy. No, God will feed you from his word and you need to come. You need to show up. And so I do love just how this all connects with the other conversations we've had. They've all built. Right. And I feel like this is kind of um, maybe taking it to not square one with a busy mom season, but just like re reassessing a different approach, a different approach. Yeah. Like kind of reframing our focus. Okay. Um, you know, Jen talks about reading the Bible. Um, like it's a book, like you need to come to it, reading it to find out who God is not like, okay, tell me about me, you know? And then Angie gets into really deep Bible study and, and why it's necessary and what, um, just being in a community of women. But I know from my own personal experience, and I kind of talked about this with Pam, just um, I was in precept for a while and I would show up every so often to those studies and I did stay with them and I did do them at home. But um, we went through a long time where my husband was working at night or um, he needed to come home and work and I wasn't making it out of the house as much as I wanted to. And I was kind of feeling like a failure with the precept studies. And everyone was super gracious with me. This wasn't anybody's fault at all. It was just my own feelings and concerns. But um, when Pam came out with the Busy Mamas Bible Studies, um, there was the online community. I was just so grateful because I had something that I could do and feel like I was actually accomplishing it. And so it's been such a gift to so many women. I don't even know how many women are involved in these, but um, they're so doable and they're so approachable when you're in the really when you're in the trenches you know even though like the girl my girls are seven and six now so they're getting older I'm not in the sleepless night stages anymore Mm -hmm. um but I just I I still am like oh I can't wait to look into into her format or she said she you know has specific ways that she can get people kind of into the word she mentioned um that she likes to focus sometimes on a word and find it and then that kind of um blows wide open a whole bunch of new lessons and stuff that God is teaching her through it even though I'm not in that I mean I'm still a busy mom but not the you know where you feel like you can't even You can't even that kind of a feeling. Um, Yeah, I think it's so I think, yeah, we really want to stress that we don't feel like there is a specific Bible study you must be doing. Right. The stress is that you should be studying the Bible. And if you need encouragement in how to do that, there's so many different Bible studies because the other flip side to this is. You don't need to be following a format to be studying your Bible. That's more the Jen Wilkin book where she goes through and is teaching you how to really be digging that out for yourself. Um, Wait, but I mean, we have to trust too, right? That the Lord is speaking to us as we read his word. 
Yes. And that we aren't going to miss hearing from him or learning his character more importantly, because we're not in the right study. Right. Right. And it's more, um, it has more to do with our own hearts being willing to come to him and, and feed on him by faith. Um, yes. So yeah, one thing I really appreciate about the busy mama studies, which you don't often find with a lot of other Bible studies is just that when you are working through one smaller chunk of scripture, say, I think it, she does Psalm 37, she does 1 Corinthians 13, she does a passage in 1 John. Um, so it's either like a chapter or a certain passage of scripture. But by the time you're done, you have memorized this passage. And that is so, it's so necessary for our souls to have these passages tucked away in our minds, in our hearts. They're, they're a part of us when we do that. And and I really loved just in those seasons of motherhood where you feel like you can hardly even wake up most days, but to come to the word for just 10 minutes or so to study something deeply, to look at what the word, you know, love means or what the word, um, even like first Corinthians 13, like she goes through so many of the different traits that love is and, um, looking at what these things mean and how God is declaring his own character, even in those, in the meanings of those words. Um, that was so big for me. That was so helpful to my motherhood. Um, and I know that not everybody listening to this is a mom, but, um, honestly, the busy mama's Bible studies isn't only for moms. If you have kids, that's great. But if you don't, you could easily do these as a single person. A friend of mine and I, we actually led a small group, um, a couple of girls who were just teenagers um, through this and just talked through the different, um, we did First Corinthians 13 and just talked through this book and it worked really well for them. We just kind of pulled from different things that Pam said and different ways she was teaching the text and it was really helpful. Oh, that's so awesome. I do love, though, speaking of if you do have kids, how you guys were talking about the importance of our children seeing us reading our Bibles and how if you're tempted to feel like throwing out your entire Bible study because little ones are crawling around or asking questions or why are you doing this or are you the girls? Are you coloring in your yes. Bible, mommy? <laughs> you're color. Can I color in my Bible, mommy? Yeah, exactly. Um, then kind of just uh, sometimes I think we get caught up in how or sorry, the error in how we go about doing things is just a simple switch of thinking of it differently in our mind. And that Mm -hmm. can solve so many of our problems. So instead of thinking, um, this is frustrating and it's not the perfect way that I would study my Bible, then her message about how important it is of them seeing us read the Bible is then telling yourself, this is a teaching moment And they are storing away this visual of mom sitting and reading her Bible. And and you never know when that will be brought up in their mind when they hit a hard patch or when they're themselves busy mamas. Yeah, exactly. They need to remember and they have that visual, how strong that would be. Yeah, exactly. And there's this part of me that really would like to know where did this idea of quiet time come from? I mean, I think it is not a bad ideal to have. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing the idea of quiet time because I'm definitely not. And I do find it really valuable. Um, but I kind of wonder where we got as women. So often we kind of have this idea of quiet time, like on a pedestal, like that is what I ought to always aspire to. And 
and that will make me holy, right? And I feel like sometimes that could be more of a discouragement than anything else. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. I think about this a lot, actually, because I find the seasons that I feel um, like I'm learning the most about him is when I have my little bit that I can put in as imperfect as it is. And then he makes that bloom in an amount that doesn't seem proportionate (laughs) at all to how much time or not even necessarily my time, um, how perfect it looked in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like little snippets here, little snippets there. Um, or even not as I'm reading the Bible, maybe my struggle more is if everybody's crawling all over me or asking questions is that my emotions may be of me constantly fighting the temptation to be frustrated. And then I feel inclined to think I'm not going to glean anything from this time of reading the Bible because of my emotions. Um, but he's still teaching us, even if our emotions aren't Uh, Or as we're trying to process through them, like, I'm frustrated. Everybody's crawling all over me. None of this mattered then because I was frustrated and I had to actively work through that. But he's still using it. You still did it. Not that I'm saying we should live in a state of frustration. No, no, of course not. But you're going to be tempted. Let's be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I am just grateful for Pam's influence. I'm so grateful that I grew up knowing her got to witness the fruit of her hard work and her, um, her labor in the gospel to, to minister to families. Um, because it's about, um, knowing God and making him known to our kids in, in the opportunities that we have. And, um, so I would much rather, much rather be the mom who's being crawled all over while I'm trying to study my Bible, then be the mom who's holed up somewhere like, I'm sorry, I'm having my personal time with Jesus and you can't come in here, you know? I think there is something, there is an element that's valuable in the concept of self-care, I guess, to, to know that, you know, if I was running around all day, and Pam talks about this too, you know, if we're, if we're trying to feed everybody else, but we're not feeding ourselves. um, Eventually, like, we won't be able to open the fridge door to feed people because we won't have the strength to do it. So there is there is a need to make sure that we're being fed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not at the expense of anyone else. Exactly. It's not God is never going to ask you to um, to fill yourself up and starve your children. He's never going to ask that. And so if he's put these children in your life for you to mother. He's going to give you the ability to study his word and to come to him. And honestly, we don't have the excuse. Oh, I'm sorry, God, I didn't read the Bible because I had kids. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yes. That's not an excuse we get to offer him someday. No. I'm sorry. I didn't know your word. I was busy with little ones. He is going to give you the opportunity. And, and sometimes it's as simple as asking for him to open your eyes to see it and and that's a hard thing to do, I know, when you feel like you don't even sleep. I had a, I know we had a prayer request on the Women Encouraged Community page today um, from a young mom who has three littles, like pretty little. And like this one doesn't sleep more than an hour. And this one is waking up at 5 a.m. And Oh my gosh, my heart just hurt for her because I know what that story is like. We had our last baby that did not sleep 
and she screamed when she was awake and it was so painful and so hard but that was my last baby too yeah (laughs) (laughs) that my girls are 16 months apart so I felt like when Elizabeth came along she was still a baby and then I had Paisley and yeah there's like three years there where I remember thinking will I survive this but that makes it all the more important than to just the little bits, yeah. little bit, little bit, yeah. because that's what's going to keep you alive. Yeah. And I know Ruth, I I think she talked about this in her podcast episode about, if she didn't talk about it there, she's talked about it other places. Ruth Simons has talked about how one of their boys who had some kind of difficulty with um, sleeping at night and, and um, this one day or one morning her husband got up and went to the couch to um, read the Bible and she was like, how are you even doing this? You know, she was kind of mm-hmm. feeling a bit upset about the whole thing. And he said, well, I can't survive the day if I'm not in the word. And um, and I don't mean that to shame anybody who's struggling with getting to the word. And I don't mean this to sound like, well, you are a failure. Um, but I would say that our our survival as moms, our mental health as moms, our ability to pour out to our children is entirely linked to our connection to the word of God. And there is no way to separate that. And I'm not saying that you won't have struggles and that you won't have sleepless nights or that you will have the perfect amount of whatever you need to pour out. Um, I also know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's grace is not limited by the amount of sleep that you got. Thankfully, (laughs) Yes. Um, it's not like he says, well, I'm sorry, you didn't get eight hours or five hours last night. So you only get the three hour amount of grace. <laughs> you know, it's not that's not how he is. And we will find so much in his word that will meet us in our need. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope you will go and check out Pam's resources on doorposts.com and the Mama's Refill site. We'll post all of the links in our show notes at womenencouraged.ca. And if you'd like to connect with us on Facebook, you can find us at the Women Encouraged Community. We would love to have you join us there. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He who comes to God must believe that he is, not just that he exists, but that he is who he says he is. And we get to know his character by studying his word, and we find the comfort we are seeking in these questions we hold, ultimately by rehearsing the truth of who he is to ourselves. Sometimes this part seems simple, but in our everyday moments and our times of worry and crisis, it's vital that we ask ourselves, how has he been faithful? In addition to that, if we want to come to God, the writer of Hebrews tells us, we must believe that he is a rewarder. Sometimes it's tempting to stop there and dwell on this part of his character, but we miss the crucial point of this sentence. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Instead of just giving us whatever we are looking for, God promises here without reservation that he will reward us with himself as we put effort into searching for him. So if you're facing circumstances that seem to prevent you from coming to the word as often as you want to, 
Or if in the providence of God, you're not able to be studying it as deeply as you long to right now, remember Jesus' promise in John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Jesus' call to come to him is for us in every season of our lives. We can only experience renewal and refreshment in his word, and he is faithful to reward us as we seek true life in him. He is a rewarder. He is the reward.